Hello, my name is Chris Jones. I'm a poet and I teach creative writing at Sheffield Hallam University. Welcome to the Two Way Poetry Podcast, a bi weekly series of programmes where I speak to poets about their own creative inspirations and practice. In each show, I invite a writer to talk about a poem that has influenced his, her, their own writing. We discuss the work and in return, my guest reads a poem they've written as a response, however overtly or indirectly connected to this original piece. In this episode, I talk to the poet Matt Clegg about how Tao Chen's piece, Back Home Again Chant, influenced the writing of his own poem, Zhu Zhan, as performance outcome. Thanks, Matt, for appearing on my podcast today. No, you're welcome. Um, we're going to talk about two poems, a poem that has influenced you and a poem you wrote out of that, um, that poem. The, th- the first poem we're going to look at is Tao Chen's Back Home Again Chant. Can you remember the first time you read it? Can I remember the first time? No, no, is the, is the honest answer. I can't remember the first time. Um, I can, I can remember when I, I, I first became interested in translations of Chinese poetry. Okay. And that will have been in the late 1990s when I first read, um, Peter Redding's, um, sequence uh Chinozari, which is a a, a, a trans a, it's a it's a kind of version of uh of Li Bai or, or Li Po. And then I and then I discovered Ezra Pound's translations of uh, classical Chinese poetry and I and I realized that I, I I liked it. I liked a lot about the voice and um and I enjoyed the spirit uh and the sentiments of the writing. So I then started um, being a bit more adventurous and eventually found my way to a big collection of um, Chinese mountains and rivers poetry uh, translated by David Hinton, American um, scholar and poet. And eventually um, I bought uh, a, a single volume of, uh, of um, Tao Qian translated by David Hinton. But I can't, I honestly can't remember the date. That's fine. Yeah. Was it slightly prodding, pokey? Was it before you began publishing poems in, in books, collections, or was it something that came, came after that? Yeah, it, it, my, I, 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 I started to, I started to um, think about um, uh, Chinese poetry as a, as a source to learn from um, more recently. I guess in the last sort of within the last ten years of my life, right? Okay. Um, when I when I first started out as a poet, my my influences were were, were all fairly obvious influences. They were the they were the loud, prominent voices of of the nineties. Yeah. Um. When, you know, when I was young, um, you, you there would have been no surprises at all to hear what who who had influenced me as a writer. Uh, but but more more recently, last ten more in the last ten years, um, I started reading further afield and further back in time. So, one of the things you one of the words you used was sentiment in the, the 
first reply gave to me. Is that something that you said it was its sentiment that kind of appealed to you? Is that a, a word that kind of has resonates out more than just the idea of it's, is it about feeling and kind of different idea about how to kind of write about emotions in poetry? Uh, yeah, I think that, I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, um, sentiment, not sentimentality. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I think, um, what do you, what do you take from your reading? It would be, you, you could, you could take, you could learn techniques from other writers and strategies from other writers. And I think sometimes um, you also take like a spirit or an energy. Um, and it's it's a spirit of voice that I often find myself enjoying in classical Chinese poetry. So a writer like um, Tao Qian, I think has a, to my ear, um, or at least the translations I read, um, a very natural voice. Yeah. Uh, not a, not a, uh, not a not a not a kind of um, ornate voice or, or a rhetorical voice, very natural, quite a plain voice. I think I think I read somewhere that his that his style was described as withered and bland, um, me, meaning that um, you know on the surface it doesn't look very impressive, yeah. um, but it, there's depths behind behind that. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah, um, he's concealing the art in a way, isn't he? I think. That's right. Yeah. So he would, he, you know, he was, he was departing from, um, very, very mannered, uh, and very stylized approaches to writing, trusting more in a natural voice and, and, and delving into more immediate experience. So can we hear Tao Chen's back home again, Chen, please, man? Back home with fields and gardens, all weeds back home. How can I stay here, my heart a slave to the body? Why live this dismal life, this lonely grief? You can't argue with what's being done, I know, but the future's there to be made. Not too far gone down this road of delusion, I can see where I'm right today. Yesterday I was wrong. Far from home, the boat rocking on gentle swells, my robe snaps in billowing winds. Asking travellers how the road ahead is, I wonder how morning light can be so dim. But seeing our house, suddenly happy, I break into a run. Servants greet me gleefully, and my kids there at the gate our three paths are grown over, but pines and chrysanthemums survived. And taking everyone inside, I find wine waiting. Pouring a cup from the wine jar, I smile, happy to see these courtyard trees. At the window, my presumptions drift away south. How easily content I am in this cramped little place. Here, garden strolls bring joy day after day, our gate always closed, propped on my old folk's walking stick. I go a little ways, then rest. And turning my head, 
look far away. Clouds leaving mountain peaks drift without a thought, and tired of flight, birds think of return. At sunset, light fading slowly away, I linger fondly over a lone pine. Nowhere I'd rather be. Back home again. Oh, let me keep to myself. My wandering ended. Let the world and I give each other up. If I left again, what would I go looking for? It's loving family voices that make me happy, koto and books that keep worried grief away, and farmers here tell me spring has arrived. Soon there'll be work out in the western fields, sometimes in a covered cart, sometimes rowing a lone boat. I'll search out sheltered streams and quiet pools, follow mountain paths up through the hills. Trees revel in the joy of their lavish blossoms, and murmuring springs flow again. In these ten thousand things, each following its season away perfectly, I touch that repose in which life ends, done and gone. This form I am in the world can't last much longer. Why not let things carry my heart away with them? What good is it agonizing over the way things are going? Getting rich isn't what I want, and who expects to end in some celestial village? My dream is to walk out, all alone, into a lovely morning. Maybe stop to pull weeds in the garden, maybe climb East Ridge and chant, settling into my breath, or sit writing poems beside a clear stream. I'll ride change back to my final home, rejoicing in heaven's way. How can it ever fail me? Thank you very much for that. I'm going to start at the beginning, which is probably a you know, good place to start with any, any poem. Um, I mean, the beginning is intriguing, isn't it? Because it suggests that he's already back home to me. But it's actually a pro- proleptic, isn't it? It's like a dream that he has. So that first stanza is almost like kind of uh, being in two places at once. <laughs> That's interesting. That's uh, interesting. What, what, I mean, why do you think he starts there? I don't know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot about this poem, and there's a lot about um, Tao Qian's poems that are a mystery to me, a complete mystery to me. And there's just enough about the poems that I connect with. When I'm reading classical Chinese poets, I'm, I'm always aware that I'm, I'm reading poets that are adopting strategies that are, are going to be really different mm. to the ones that I might adopt. And uh, they're writing in a tradition, in a cosmology, in a framework, which is far, far away from anything I might be familiar with. Mm. The images will have meanings that I can't access. Some of the strategies will be will be strategies that um I can only guess at. I, I that's interesting what you say. It's interesting what you say that the, the, the if I'm reading you right, um it, it it's implying that there then there might be a lived life, a dreamed life, an imagined life. Yeah. And they might all flow. 
they might all flow together or they might all coexist um but at the same time it's the present tense isn't it um that that he's back home and he's on this boat with the and and what what is meant by home exactly and what levels of home might we be talking about yeah yeah true um and i think my understand my understanding of of the of the poem is that um tao, tao chen um was was fairly typical of a certain kind of a certain kind of uh, mandarin or civil servant insofar as that he would be coming he would be going into service and and retreating from it yeah. quite a lot um and often he would be walking away from public service because of frustration um because of a sense of infighting or threat that he wanted to get away from or or sometimes simply because he didn't and i'm quoting some i'm quoting a reference here um he didn't like kowtowing yeah to clodhoppers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, coming in and out of this this public service may 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 have happened more than once yeah. for him, and and maybe it maybe it has become a kind of uh, a repeating situation. I wish I had a better answer to you for the question you asked. It's a good question, um, but I I feel like I've probably um, I've I've sleepwalked into accepting the uh, the, the mystery of it. I was to ask you the question where his wife is. I I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to fill in the biographical details. No, I wouldn't. If, in in the context of the poem, it's interesting that there is no there's no wife, isn't isn't there? You know, he mentions the servants and the kids, but there's no mention of he might not even be married. That's the thing. The children might not be his children. I guess. I, I guess this is, yes. Um, I, I do confess I, I haven't really, I'm not that interested in, in the, um, in the biographical, uh, details. I'm not really even that interested in the dynamics of the family. I'm, I'm not that interested in the, in the economics of it. Where, where does the money come from? I'm not that interested in that. The, my, my interest in the poems, um, it rests elsewhere, I think. So he sets a sort of dialectic between mind and body quite early on. Is that something that sort of interests you, this idea of the, the life of the mind and the life of the body and how the two are, are kind of well, I, I think separate I, or...? I think it, it, it is interesting, um, but it, it, isn't, it isn't primarily what I'm interested in. It's not, it's not why I'm attracted to the poem. I mean, it's an interesting subject, um, Again, if if I if I'm understanding this correctly, um, when when Tao Chen refers to uh, the, the life of the body, sometimes he's he's referring to the to the to the life of comfort, um, and, and one of the attractions of the of of, of being a public servant was that it, it gave him uh, enough money to um, keep himself in wine and good food, um, and he was ambivalent about that. He enjoyed wine and good food. Um, but um, he was aware that um, um, making your decisions about how to live based entirely on keeping yourself in wine and good food was not necessarily a noble way to live. Yeah, uh, It could lead to uh, complacence, you know, um, and that was one, you know, and that's also one of the things that I, I feel the, the poem is, is wary of and, and is walking, walking away from. Uh, a life that could have been more comfortable on some levels. Yeah. But he's chosen, um, 
he's he's chosen a a life less comfortable uh, for for reasons and and that's when i start to get really interested in the poem that's 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 why the poem kind of piques my interest is it the the ethical choices then that is is that are made in a way i think the ethical choices um and the um and the spiritual choices right you know you you walking away from um let's say limited power and influence um uh, and walking into um relative poverty and seclusion uh, a life on the edges of things um and uh, a life closer to the common condition rather than an than an elite condition right okay is there a sort of democratic kind of quality to it? Well, I, I think I think that um, I think that uh, again, I, I I feel a bit bashful talking about this because I'm I'm not a scholar of um, Chinese poetry and I'm not a scholar of Chinese history. I have a very simple understanding of it, very probably a very superficial understanding of it. Um, but the limited understanding I have um, is is that there was a huge gulf uh, between um, the the elite, the aristocracy, uh, the wielders of power in classical China, and uh, the ordinary human being. A huge, a huge gulf, um, and that when poets walked away from the life of power and influence, uh, uh, closer to the common lot, uh, the poetry gets interesting right um the poetry seems to come into its own so as a, i mean as a modern person um as somebody living in um 21st century britain uh, which which seems to me uh, a corrupt place politically corrupt place um um uh, also a place of great inequality a big gulf between the elite and the and the common lot mm. Um, uh, living in a you know in a very materialistic consumer culture, a neoliberal materialistic yeah. consumer culture, I you know I have a daily a daily feeling of wanting to walk away yeah. from that. Uh, I don't you know I go to work, I do my job as best I can, I try to be useful for people in in the way that I can, but I have a daily feeling of of, of wanting to walk away, um, find something. Find a better way to live, yeah. maybe a simpler way to live, a more honest way to live, perhaps, um, uh, uh, and live a life that's more tuned in, uh, more tuned into things that are that 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 that, that matter. And again, this is the this is the quest. This is the sort of journey that I find in this poet's work. Yeah. Why, this is why I like it. Mm. It seems to me there's a, there's a simplicity on there's a simplicity to the way he writes, but there's a complexity in actually what the things he's actually concerned with, and I think there's also this idea of tone as well, which I think mm. the, the tone we've talked about tone already, but tone seems to be very important to you in, in terms of how not only what you say but how you say it mm. in your work. Mm. Can you sort of see that kind of connection with? Oh yeah, very much. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 a um, a bit of a moment for me when I was um, trying to learn about how poetry works or how it works on, how it works on me was a, a reading that I went to in the, in the late nineties, um, which was a pairing 
And uh, you actually set this event up, Chris. It was it was the pairing you made with um, Ken Smith, and um, then uh, called himself Andy Hurst. Yeah. But I think he's he's now he's now um, now Carl Hurst. Uh, and Carl Carl did a reading with Ken Smith that evening, and um, I think the, the the power I experienced from that reading was almost entirely delivered through tone and changes in tone of voice. Um, in a very intimate, very quiet, intimate um, framing. And when the voice changed tone, it opened me up. There's something, uh, it got through my defences some way. I felt opened up by the poem, by the tone um, that Carl was using in that reading. And and that was, that was when I, when I realised that um, uh, a subtle device like a tone shift, a surprising tone shift was a really, really, really uh, powerful um, kind of language strategy. Yeah. This also seems to be a, the element of, at the end, towards the end of the poem, that he seems to be thinking about death as well as a sort of... So there's, there's a tension between the, the live life and and where he stands in relation to his mortality as well. And that's mm, sort of fo- mm, mm. focuses energies towards living right living the, the right life because of that kind of tension. That makes sense. Yeah, I think it does, yeah. Yeah. I mean obviously a, a big feature of um Taoism is a, is acceptance of change. Change right. change is inevitable. Change is life. There is you know, there is there is becoming becoming into being and then there is always um dying back into the source again uh i i think that that it's it's probably easier to experience that or have that revealed to you um in a in a simpler context in a less protected life or a less protected lifestyle right. i mean i think the, the the these these taoist poets they saw poverty and simplicity because it exposed you to that reality right. More immediately, mm. and uh, it exposed you to uh, the weather. It exposed you to the uh, uncertainty of whether or not you're going to have any food. You know, yeah. maybe a crop doesn't grow. You know, uh, maybe you won't have any wine this month. You know, but if you do, you probably appreciate it an awful lot more. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, but you would, you know, they would always have time to walk out to walk out into the world. Uh, to 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 see change taking place in the world, um, surrendering that that you know to surrendering to that change, yeah. surrendering to that process, accepting it. So yeah, I I, I do I, I I am moved by the way the uh, the poet um, accepts uh, mortality and accepts change uh, in the context of the poem. Mm. Sees 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 himself as impermanent. You know, riding change is the phrase, isn't it, that he uses? You know, I yeah. love that phrase, riding yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose another thing from my 21st century kind of viewpoint is the the fact that it's quite a leisurely poem mm. and repeats itself. Mm. He's, he's, you know, if I was going to get my red pen out and start kind of working on it, I might take, start thinking about taking the lines out, possibly. But, but it's, but at the same time, it it sort of fits within that that sort of leisurely pattern that it's sort of made almost so that you can't. It's, it has that long breath about it. Oh yeah, that's interesting. If it makes if that makes sense that you you read it and even though it's sort of 
it goes in circles. It doesn't go in straight lines. Okay. Coming back to the same things over and over again. Yeah. Repetition. It's the things that we don't really, you know, we, we kind of, as contemporary writers, we, you know, modern writers, we don't, we kind of, we, we feel that sort of a, a bad practice, you know, that we. What do you mean, like a, in, a, in an orthodox yeah. kind of, um, you know, the poetry workshop, the, yeah. the orthodox wisdom of yeah. the poetry workshop? That's the thing, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, when you repeat this word or. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cut it out. I'd, yeah, I, 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 I hear that. I, I hear, I can hear those voices off stage saying those kind of things. Yeah. Um, I, for myself, I, I, I kind of have a soft spot for roundabout writers. Yeah. You know, I love Derek Walcott. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Wordsworth. Well, I was going to mention Wordsworth. This didn't remind me of Wordsworth in a way, I think. Yeah, I think there's kinship there. Yeah, I think there are yeah. the connections you could make. Yeah, poems yeah, definitely. Ballads and like poems in the naming of places and, mm. and, and the, the, the original preludes. You know. Yeah, kind of- I mean, a, a thing, a, an, an idea, a very early, um, a very early idea um, that appealed to me um, as a poet when I was younger was that um, um, of some sometimes allowing the tongue to run away with itself so that you can stumble into su- saying something that might surprise you, you know, yeah. um, and it, it's hard to do that if you, if you're constrained, uh, uh and, and highly, highly, uh, self-conscious. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, poets who can, who can ramble their way, um, to saying something surprising appeal to me and they, they have done since I was, since I was very young, um, talking to one of my old old friends in my twenties, uh, uh, when in my twenties talking to one of my old friends, Matt Black, we, we you know we often used to talk about um, how you how you get to surprise yourself in what you say. Yeah, um, I think that's completely you know. understandable. Yeah, and and I think sometimes you have to ease control a little bit for that to happen. Yeah. Um, I I I, it, I think an issue with 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 this with reading this with this poem um is that you you you're you're aware that you're reading something in translation um and the chinese is a hugely different language to english so yeah how 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 close to this would the original poem have been i yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> yeah well, you know, I'd, I'd as well wouldn't it would have been yeah no i i do um I do, I do, I do take your point, but I, I, I don't, I don't find myself wanting it to be more, more terse or succinct. I'm quite enjoying its bagginess. So, sh- shall we move on to your poem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tzu Jan as performance outcome. I don't know if this is the correct pronunciation, but I've been um, pronouncing it um, Su Jan. All right, okay. Um, and it's a, a cosmology idea. Um, it means um, something like um, self-so or um, occurrence happening of itself, um, spontaneous. The, the spontaneous unfolding. Okay. Um, so that's a way of looking at life. Life is a spontaneous unfolding and surrendering to the spontaneous unfolding of life, uh, rather than imposing your will on it, as we might, you know, yeah. as we do all the time in our in our kind of culture. Yeah. Um, 
planning, mm. actioning. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I know all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, um, that's roughly what it means um, as, a, as, a, as a part of Taoism. Um, and obviously I'm juxtaposing that with the, um, with the performance review process that most of us have to go through in our jobs where we, we talk about the targets we have met or we set the targets that we're going to meet, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's my performance review. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do in the next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that's kind of nagged me for years and years and years because nearly all of the most interesting things I end up doing are not the ones I plan to do. <laughs> and that seems to me like art as well. You know, art's like that. Yeah. If you have like a really clear idea about what your poem's going to be when you start writing it, then chances are it's going to be one of those really dull poems that you write, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So would you like to read the poem? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sujan as performance outcome. Into every account, mail is pinging. We will secure our long-term future by competing on more fronts. Let's find a glade where a thought might grow. On Peniston Road, fans have assembled a totem pole shrine out of teddy bears, Wednesday shirts and ever-wilting bouquets. They are taped to a long redundant road sign as if to reconstruct a universal grammar. Dear Performance Review, this is what I'd really aspire to. From Beelywood Road, someone has flung a single ballet shoe over the river. It curls like a comma for the mind. A captain of industry exhales his strawberry vape and dreams of shedding half his body fat in a fixable world without depression. His factory remains a nut-free zone. Permit me to fast forward half a mile as I climb the hard yards towards Burley Edge. One acre of slope is bitumen black and seeded with beer cans. An emerald fly dances morse on the hot pan of a broken slate, but heather knits in from all sides its purples blossoming bees. Elsewhere, narcissists and lamplighters are blagging their way into the goon light. But here, just under the burly stone, Someone has evoked their late mother in flowers of violet and mildest blue. I'd love to stop, but have business in the leafways of Warncliffe Woods. I find a tree violently uprooted in some long blown-out gale. The crater where it once clutched earth is a pool fermenting mud-water wine. Reflected light minnows back and forth, close reading each crevice in the exposed roots. Elsewhere, there are directives 
to create future-facing partnerships, but I want only to collaborate with pipits that flirt in and out of bracken tips all day. Here I sit, reading Ta Chen to the trees, knowing little more of strategy than this. Fresh crops of data are being harvested and bright careerists kneel to the metrics, but here aphids have printed their green bodies between the lines of back-home-again chant. A golden Labrador lags far behind its master and snuffle blesses my open book. Thanks for that, Matt. Could you say a bit about the landscape you're writing in? Where's the poem set? So it, it starts in my house, um, where I was working on my computer um, during one of the pandemic uh, lockdowns. Um, and then it walks out from Walkley towards Hillsborough in Sheffield. And then it walks out, um, walks out of Hillsborough uh, towards uh, Burley Edge, and then towards uh, Warncliffe Woods. So this is this is lands this is the landscape on the edge of the city in North Sheffield. Mm. So it is interesting how you go from urban to, um, for want of a better word, countryside. Yeah. In in one you know kind of one one movement really and how yeah how much the two kind of rub up against each other this, this is the repeating movement of my life this is the, the those are the walks that i take um um i don't drive um so a lot of the walking i do is i do, I do it from my house um and i'm you know i'm fortunate living in sheffield uh, to, to live in a city where you can walk out hmm. uh, i do this a lot uh, I really, I really like, uh, I like the feeling of walking out of a city, and 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 experiencing the landscape as it changes as you walk out. Mm. I think one of the threads I see in th- throughout your kind of your writing career is this idea of work and how you come back to work as a sort of as a pivotal kind of moment in your narrators' lives, and I guess. You you keep up this idea of, ha- of finding an antidote to it, or finding a way of addressing work, and as you said already, this idea of you know the kind of the philosophy of that you that you would like to espouse or to to follow would be different from perhaps what your manager would would, would consider you know reasonable or or focused. Right. So I mean I. Th- I, I think that that's a, that's a fairly uh, modern circumstance or a fairly modern predic- predicament. We we don't choose the system of our of our culture, of our country. We don't even necessarily choose the economics of it. Um, you know, I live in I live in um, neoliberal consumer capitalism. I've not chosen it. Um, I'm not that into it, uh, but I have to make the best fist of it. Um, neoliberal, you know, neoliberal consumer capitalism has a big impact on most sectors in our in our culture, including poetry, including, poetry, including education, everything. Yeah. yeah um, um, as I say, I've not, I'm not, I've not chosen it. I'm not that into it, but I, you know, try to make the best fist of it. Um, tr- uh, try, try to live 
the most uh, constructive life possible. Well, no, not not the most constructive life possible, but, you know, to try and make my, my best fist of, of that. Connecting this poem to um, Tao Qian, um, uh, an, an idea that, uh, uh, that Tao Qian explores a lot is idleness. And, and by idleness, um, he probably doesn't mean the most obvious uh, meaning or definition of that. Um, how do I interpret idleness? Well, I mean any anything that we any any departure from probably what we're expected to do, or any departure from a, a conventional notion of productivity. Yeah, uh, and from my own experience as a poet or as or somebody trying to be creative. Um, I I often find the most interesting things happen when I have departed from conventional notions of being productive. Yeah. Um, when I'm when I'm drifting or wandering or reflecting, uh, when I when I have enough space for thoughts to enter my head, yeah. uh, don't find myself intellectually that pro- productive or in- or creatively that that productive when I'm really really busy, mm. uh, when I'm firefighting or. Or, or, or rushing to get something done. Um, so, um, where does walking fit in in my life? It certainly fits in as a as a as a way of 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 having space to reflect, to think, to see, to perceive things, to be surprised. You know. Yeah, I mean, I certainly talk to my students about daydreaming. So, I do how important oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And looking out the windows is as important as anything else you could do. Really nothing. Drifting, uh, uh, daydreaming. Yeah, yeah. And they're called, they have negative connotations, don't they, as well? I think so. I People, think, so. yeah, yeah. You've got your head in the clouds. Yeah. You're drifting along. You're not being, you're not being very efficient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you could have done so much with all of that time. What, what, what were you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was, I was, I was, I was walking up this really ugly road, uh, heading out of, heading out of Hillsborough, you know. Looking at, looking at the ballet shoe. Yeah, you know. Um, but you transform those sort of, but you also transform those kind of, those moments. So there's, there's things that have kind of, have kind of lost their utility, like the, mm-hmm. the road sign, bedecked with bare shirts and bouquets and, and the uprooted tree as well. Yeah, but they have, but they have meaning, and they kind of for people, and they kind of yeah, that, have a second life almost. I, I think that's right. Yeah, I mean that that shrine. You may, I think you, you maybe you know it, you know, but I, I you know I've enc- I've encountered it a few times, but uh, I find it something. I find there's something affecting about it. You know, mm. it's a kind of there's a kind of f- like a folk poetry of it or something. You know. Yeah. Um, um, similarly, the the little wreaths that you find people placing by benches or or um, you know um, road signs often. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I find that I find those I find those those things are affecting. Uh, they're, they're they're little some they're, you know sometimes they're little momentum or right? they're just yeah. reminders. Um, they remind you they remind you something about life that's that's hidden away under the glossy surfaces, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well they're the things that matter, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean I think you know a lot of the a lot of the spaces that we that we that we work in, um, they they hide a lot uh, from our view, mm. you know. Uh, they hide a lot behind their sheen, you know. Um, 
their their banners, the little adverts, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I find I find these walks, you know, they 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 reveal they reveal things to me that I I I I like to have revealed. Mm. I'll be reminded of. I suppose by looking at the two poems, you do kind of think about the kind of the the contrast between thinking and doing. Although you, are, I mean, you are walking. It's it's a it's it's a thinking thing, isn't it? Rather than something that has a sort of an end in itself. You know, it's an, you know that it's, you're not you're not walking to fulfil a requirement or a job, are you? It's something no. that it's letting in another kind of yeah yeah. There's a and there's a le- that you're picking up on. Yeah, I think as well. You when you walk, you 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 you're constantly moving between a, a deep uh, introspection, um, and sometimes on a walk, you 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 can be fantasizing. Mm. You know, I often do. I often find myself fantasizing about living another life, another kind of life. Uh, or sometimes I may just be getting you know going deep into into memory mm. remembering remembering other chapters of my life and then suddenly you'll be you'll be brought up you know abruptly by something you see you know snatched back into the present so you're moving between uh, the inner world and the outer world all the time you know and, and sometimes when the world snatches your attention back you you see it in that surprising way and I'm, I'm a little bit addicted to that you know as a, as a process when it when it happens doesn't happen often uh but when it does happen i, I find it very exciting mm, the, the, the incredible kind of detail that you kind of that you find in this poem it's the minutia that you kind of it's like heightened visualization and hearing and all the senses really i mean that's the thing that kind of so you, you kind of by checking out all the other stuff that you can see the right, world more, right. see the world more clearly or more kind of up close Right, and and I, I think that you know, one, I mean, one of the one of the consequences of um, uh, of of a work life, you know, the the the, the life of a commute. I have a long commute to work, and 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 and, and the consequence of working in a uh, a campus building, you know, a, a kind of modern uh, corporate uh, campus building, um, is that. It, it, it's quite a it's quite a close close closed down experience going into these kind of buildings, yes. you know, uh, with their with their very corp- their corporate feel, the, the 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 feel of the corridors and the and the and the classrooms and the neon lights, um, and the and the lang- you know the, the 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 banners hanging from the atrium ceilings. Um, I I I don't feel that opened up in those in those spaces. Um, something of me, something in me wants to defend myself. Something in me closes down, goes into a kind of sleepwalk. Can you write? Can you write at work? Uh, no, I find it really hard to write in an in an office. I find it really hard to write at work. Uh, unless uh, 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 the only times where I can really feel like I can write is if I if I kind of I, I kind of sneak out and go to go into the stairwell. And go to the very top of the stairwell where it's really quiet and there's a view you can see you can see out into Derby from up the top there. Uh, I, I, yeah, I can I can write up there, but then I become then I become self conscious. I realise that what it might look like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I find it really hard to write in a in an open plan office, you know, under neon lights. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. they're moving in a way also not being seen as well, possibly. Uh, yeah, yeah, not being not being conspicuous, not being seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're just another anonymous person when you're walking down yeah. the road or in the street. And and I mean, I, I'm not a striking figure anyway. I don't feel p- people pay me much attention when I'm when I'm out and about, when I'm moving in the streets yeah. or in the city or wherever. Whereas when you know, when you're at work, you are you know you you are a more conspicuous figure. You know? Wouldn't have a role. You do. You have a role. Too. Yeah, and a lanyard around your neck. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. There are other sort of connections that you make between the two poems. Um, and there's sort of deaths there as well, isn't there? I think there's sort of, you know, there's memorials. I've, we've already mentioned the memorial that the sun, the signpost, but there's also the, mm, mm, the flowers mm. left as well. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And that interested me. Like, again, it's that sort of framing around mortality that kind of, yeah, um, the urges the narrator on as well that they have to, in some way, kind of. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They they perceive that they can't, you know, something that they can't shield out from the corner of their corner of their. Yeah, own. it's not it's not glossed out. Yeah, it's part progress, part of the experience that you kind of. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's it's a journey into a world where uh, where you where you encounter, as you say. Um, mortality also um uh f- fortunate and unfortunate happenstance you know gales blow down the trees whatever yeah. you know um um you you encounter that 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 random mix of the you know the ugly and the beautiful yeah um you, it's always there in the world uh, yeah, I, 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 I like that. I like that. I like those reminders. I like, I like that those encounters. Um, I mean, I, this is, I mean, I'm in my fifties now, so I spend, I'm spending more time thinking about, uh, uh, about mortality anyway. Yeah. Um, my, my parents are, I know, you know, they're in their eighties now. Yeah. Um, and the, this poem was, you know, it was kind of evolving. Uh, around uh, uh, about the time of the, the beginning of the, the first COVID pandemic, yeah, sure, and the lockdown, yeah. Um, so yeah, mortality was was definitely on my mind when when I was writing it. And um, you include the the poem. You include back home again, Chunt Actually, is quoted in the text. Yeah, yeah, and it's interrupted. Yeah. Is that? Is, is that a kind of? Yeah, is that a little joke almost? Well, it's, it, it, I don't know. It seems very. That seems very Taoist, you know, to me. That that the the these kind of writers would have enjoyed that kind of joke played on them by uh, by life. Yeah, and it's a dog. I mean, a dog's just living. Well, it's the impulse, and yeah, it's not. It's different sort of consciousness, isn't it? It's, it is. It is. Yeah. 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 And I, I you know, I. I, I, I love the idea of the, the way that the world can, can interrupt your self-importance, you know, yeah. or your, your reverie or whatever you want to, you know, you, 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 you might be sitting there reading, you know, reading your, your classical Chinese poetry, yeah. you know, in your little bubble. Um, but a, you know, a dog wanders up and sniffs your page. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> lovely. That's a lovely yeah. phrase, I think, you know. And and it is a, it's an open book as well, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. 
yeah. you want your book open anyway, rather than closed in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, open and receiving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, do you, do you think you're gonna? Is this gonna be? This probably part of the uh, collection that you're gonna publish. It, it is. It's uh, it's part of the project. The project um, is. Um, it's a project I began with um, when my partner Ruth. We um, during during the 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 COVID uh, lockdowns, uh, we we started um, taking our daily exercise really early in the morning, uh, leaving the house about six and walking usually till about half past eight nine o'clock every day. Um, and I and I kept a journal during that time and and. Uh, uh, and I took and I, and I wrote haiku on these walks. Yeah. Uh, and Ruth um, made sketches. Uh, so um, I'm I've been working on a um, a, a Japanese form uh, of writing called a haibun, which mixes uh, haiku and prose, and in my case, haiku, prose poem, and longer poems. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it moves between those. Um, it's kind of a log or a record or a, a journey through that time. And uh, this poem uh, is the last poem in the first part of that project. That 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 sequence. That's that project. Okay. So so, so there's more than one collection or pamphlet or book. I have uh, in in my mind. I, I see three three pamphlets, um, and uh, this the poem. This poem is the last poem in the first pamphlet, uh, which I'm going to call "Eyes Front," right? Okay. Uh, which is um, alluding to a foot soldier's phrase. Uh, Eyes front. Uh, trust your senses rather than the reports. So going to the world, just trust your senses. It's yeah. it's a it's a re a re um, a reboot or, or of a of a of a simpler engagement with the world or, or with life. Just go 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 out, walk, look around, see what you see. You know. Um, yeah, and the second the second pamphlet. Um, I'm going to call that one crystals and dust, which is, yeah, it's more about filtering. Uh, and then the third pamphlet is going to be called the living. So that's really about coming on, coming out the other side uh, of, of the pandemic mm. with all of the kind of uh, new experiences, new insights, but also kind of new, new calluses, you know, yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah. Oh, I really look forward to reading those three. Yeah, well, are, I, are they complete? They are. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're complete. I'm, uh, I'm editing them, um, and Ruth's working on um, some illustrations. Oh, good. Uh, illustrations for the covers and and some illustrations for for within the pamphlets as well. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for talking to me today, Matt. I was really, really engaging and interesting discussion and I hope you found it interesting too. Thanks for playing on the podcast. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, for inviting me. The version of Tao Chen's back home again, chant 
that Matt was reading today was translated by David Hinton. Matt Clegg teaches creative writing at the University of Derby. His books include Kazik, The Navigators, and West, North, East, all published by Longbarrow Press. His current project is Have You Always Been Here? A highburn sequence inspired by Kobayashi Issa's The Spring of My Life. Have You Always Been Here? will combine haiku and prose poetry by Matt and illustrations by P.R. Ruby. It explores the impact of COVID lockdowns on the contemplative life, on what we observe and how it affects us, how we care and how we try or fail to take responsibility. To find out more about Matt's work and explore this and other podcasts in the series, go to the website twowaypoetry.podbean.com or my website chris-jones org.uk. You can also follow me on X or Blue Sky to find out about future programmes, details of which are on the podcast website. The music Carrying Us Out was written by William Jones. <laughs>